Jim, I'm old stomping grounds. <laughs> Hank Patterson, fly fishing guide. Riley Smith, tight end. Yeah, I appreciate that. Hey, you wouldn't happen to be the kicker. No, tight end. Again, thank you. I'm looking for a kicker for Lithia Ford's fall kickoff sale, but you're not the kicker. No. Yeah. Now nah, the kicker's probably taller and a lot better shape. So, okay. What uh, position do you play? Tight end. Squats. Yeah. Try it sometime. may be retired, but I still have finances to manage. With direct deposit and automatic payments, ICCU makes it easy to spend less time banking and more time baking. RowPaint.com, the official paint and coatings company of Boise State Athletics, is going all in this season with an all-star lineup. First up, he led the Broncos to three conference championships and ten 20-win seasons. It's Coach Leon Rice. Next, he's the founder and CEO of RowPaint.com. He played a little basketball in high school on the driveway with his mom. It's Andy Rowe. Want to just paint my house? Now that I can do. When I want Boise State to win, I trust Coach Rice to lead the Broncos to victory. And when I want the best painting and garage floor coating, I trust RowPaint.com to get that job done right. This is Bronco Nation News Live. 
the best interviews, the most informed opinions, the latest breaking news, all from the top Boise State insiders. Today's broadcast is coming from the Cutwater Spirits Can Cocktail Studios. Check out one of their more than 30 flavors of pre-mixed premium cocktails at your local gas station or grocery store. Cutwater Can Cocktails is perfect for your next game day tailgate party. Now, here's four-time NSMA Idaho Sports Writer of the Year, B.J. Rains, with another edition of Bronco Nation News Live. Hey, how we doing, Boise State fans? Welcome on into National Signing Day, the early signing day, the first uh, day of the early signing period, and we have been rocking since about 5.45 this morning. We got the BNN live blog going, so if you want to check over to that and see uh, the list of the players that have signed so far, 16 players have signed one surprise, a good one. They got an edge player uh, coming in from uh, California so, uh, Mike Prater, uh, signing day. How are we doing, sir? It's good. Signing day, so it's good. Although I, I have to admit, full disclosure, I did not get up and go to work at 5.45 a.m. this morning like you did. So, that's the, you know, you're the boss. You're the big-time publisher of BNN. So, uh, I guess that means you have to get up early and I got to sleep in for an extra hour or two. Yeah, I guess that's the case. But uh, 16 signings so far. One uh, one new one. Uh, you should have been up early writing your column. I'm waiting on that. Come on, Mike Prater. <laughs> you know, it's an off-season column. We got the entire off-season to get after it. So uh, I'm working on that. Uh, it's not going to be uh, – you know, I, I actually wrote a column last night, and I ripped it up because – and I'm, I'm being totally honest. It's one of the first times I've ever done this. It was too negative, BJ. It was way too negative. So I kind of have to start over. I don't think I have a lot of optimism for this offseason. I know that sounds a little weird. We're going to get off track, and that's for a conversation for another time. But uh, hopefully today can bring some optimism with, what, 15, 16, 17 new for- future Boise State football players. I uh, was working downstairs, Mike Prater, and had the Wi-Fi going, and I came up here and plugged it in. So you're a little choppy. I'm not sure if that's you or me. So uh, I am just going to take five seconds to reset this once you're giving your next answer. Don't freak out. I'm not gone for good. Uh, I just want to uh, make sure that we're, we're good here and if it's on my end or yours. But, uh, Mike, uh, it is signing day. I, you know, what's this year? You've been a part of plenty of these. I mean, about, you know, I know the class is ranked fourth in the Mountain West right now, according to 247 Sports. I know the the portal is something they need to hit big here. Um, no, like superstar players in this class. Um, they have a lot of work to do. Obviously, I know the transfer portal and the immediate impact is what everybody is waiting on, which could come here over the next couple of weeks. But just, what are your thoughts on uh, signing day and what Boise State needs to do to try to uh, try to uh, sure up the uh, the roster here? Well, emotionally, you know, you wake up on signing day, and it, it's certainly not like it used to be. And you always think about that. You know, the big the big surprises, the big, the big momentum, the big parties that we used to have with Idaho sports talk, you know, three, 400 fans getting all excited and you're passing out sheets and everybody's hitting refresh or looking at that fax machine and trying to figure out who the next Bronco is. Now there's no surprises. So, you know, the surprise element is certainly gone. Although yeah, Joseph Marsh college of the canyons edge rusher. He was the one guy on this list that, uh, that, uh, was not known. So that is the surprise. There's a couple of other, you know, names out there that are lurking as well, but, uh, it's always fun. It's it's a big day for these kids. It's a big day for social media right now, and to be able to sell your brand and get that out there. So cool for these kids. I I do want to ask you, and I do want to debate this a little bit this morning. The transfer portal. I'm not sure how much Boise State is going to tap into the transfer portal. Now 
I've done zero reporting on that. I haven't called. You're the guy that's kind of in the weeds making the phone calls and stuff like that. But I know there's a couple of positions of need, and you're right. This class lacks star power, but I'm not sure how much Boise State's going to or needs to dip into the transfer portal. I'm very curious as to see what happens over these next five weeks. Yeah, I mean, you just look at the positions, and you kind of had it yesterday. You know, I put the the number out there with like the secondary, for example. They got a ton of returning experience coming back, and you said, "Well, is that good or bad?" You know, with who was coming back. So, um, yeah, there's different ways to look at it. I mean, do they need to go out and try to find a a corner somewhere, or go find another safety? Um, I think linebacker would be a very good area if they could find an impact linebacker to replace DJ Schramm, um, you know, from the transfer portal. I think that'd be a big one. Quarterback is the obvious one. I think you uh, you would think they would do something at quarterback, but but maybe Madsen and Tiller is enough for them to feel good enough going in uh, to next season. And and then I still think wide receiver would be a spot. But you know, you do get Latrell Capels back. You feel pretty good about Strawn and Austin Bolt uh, moving forward, and some of the other guys behind them. Um, but I mean, I, I mean, tight end. I mean, you lose Riley Smith. I know you like Matt Lauder. I mean, uh, I think a big one also uh, would be to replace Cade Beresford at right tackle. If you could go get a, another guy like Cade Beresford that's got some experience somewhere to step in and replace that. I mean, you could, in my opinion, pick every position on the team, and, and you're not going to say maybe with the, I guess, Mike running back. Maybe running back's the one position where you're like, ah, eh, you probably don't need anybody else there. Um, but I, I, I think you could make a strong case if there, there could potentially be upgrades available at every position now. Like you're saying, is that going to happen or not? They may just ride with the guys they got and say we're good. But I think quarterback, offensive line, I think there's you know linebacker. I think there's maybe edge rusher again if you can find another guy there. I, I think there are some key spots where you would think they would dabble in the transfer portal. But um, you know, it's always unfair, as you know, Mike. Like Spencer Danielson took over three weeks ago, so technically this is his first recruiting class, but it's really not. Like um, you know, he, he he's been on campus, he's been on staff, obviously, but you know how. His attack for the transfer portal, his attack for the recruiting. Like I, I think you, you know, we won't really know that till next year's signing day. Really, you kind of yeah. have to be a head coach for a full year. These a lot of these guys have been committed, you know, since the spring and the summer. So yes, this is technically Spencer Danielson's first recruiting class, but it's basically Andy Avalos's recruiting class, and they hung on to the guys, and they've got a couple new ones. So I don't, in terms of how they're going to attack the transfer portal, we all saw it last year. They went in there with five guys. I think it was, and all five guys were, I don't know, bust is a little too strong of a word, but uh, they, they really didn't get much impact at all uh, from the Titus Toller, Cheese Rights of the world. Um, and and so I think they could use some impacts there. You're seeing other teams around the country plug holes, make instant impacts in the transfer portal. You'd like to see Boise State do that a little bit. Um but, you know, we also don't know how many spots are going to be available. We don't know how many guys are actually leaving, and they're signing 16 high school kids today, plus this edge rusher. You only get 85 scholarships with this whole COVID thing and guys returning. I don't know how many. It's not like they can just go out and get 20, uh, you know, transfer portal guys, unless you're looking to tell some guys that have been here a while, thanks, but but no thanks. We're, we don't want you back. So, um, yeah, it, it's a long ramble there to a pretty simple question, but I think there are some areas that I would like to see them address in the transfer portal. But, again, I just don't think the verdict is out yet on how uh, Spencer Danielson is going to handle all this. You're not wrong in terms of your roster assessment, in terms of the positions of need. I, I think you nailed it. And there are kind of these lukewarm needs all across the all across the roster, except for maybe, as you pointed out, run, running back. Although I, I would say linebacker, you know, as long as Rip or maybe even Misa could come in and, and provide a little bit of depth, I, I, I really like their linebacker position. But if you can find one, go for it. My biggest issue here is two things. One, it's not about the position of need. It's about the fit with this football team. And with Spencer Danielson, 
the fit and the culture is going to be even more so. And Boise State's always been very, very, very careful. And I'm okay with this. I'm, I think I'm, I'm, I'm very appreciative of the fact that they're not just going out there. And they've kind of done this in recruiting. You know, Andy Avalos over the last three years talked about, I'm not bringing in 90 guys hoping to sign 15 of them. I'm bringing in 21 guys hoping to sign 18 of them. He's all about the efficiency, and I think Spencer Danielson and the culture of Boise State football are going to be the same. So I think they're going to bring in a couple of football players here and there on the transfer portal, and that might linger out through spring ball and post-spring ball all the way up to Memorial Day weekend as they get ready for summer conditioning. I think it's about two or three players that are the right fit for this roster, not necessarily the positions of need. Uh, you have to worry about NIL, and some of these transfer portal guys want cash now. I'm thoroughly opposed to giving anybody, including a quarterback, cash right now because I don't think Boise State's that desperate across the board with positions of need where they need to start buying football players. I don't want to play that game yet. If you really have to down the road, go for it. But I don't think I see that kind of position of need right now. So even quarterback, I just don't want to see them paying money for a quarterback. That's a bad, bad, bad idea right now. So this transfer portal is going to be very fascinating over these next couple of days. So do you think they even add a quarterback in the portal then, or do you think they're happy with uh, Tiller and uh, Maddox Madsen here? Oh, I mean, yeah. And you do have uh, that they're bringing an incoming freshman in. Yeah. I mean, they're bringing in a quarterback there, and maybe they think yeah. he has a true freshman. He's ready to compete, but. He just signed. He's the last of the 16. Okay, there he is. He so just 17. announced like the last 10th or the 17th, the last yep. of the names. So everybody that was on Boise State's list, although there is that kicker punter that's the San Diego State kid. I don't know when and where he's going to sign. Maybe he's already signed. I and saw he's, it's a little different because he is a, uh, you know, grad. He's a uh, a transfer portal guy. It's a little different than a high school signing. Yeah. Um, by the way, keep an eye on him. I, I've been told, like, I think it's leaning towards uh, Jonah Dalmus leaving, even though he does have a year left. I believe that uh, we'll, we'll find out at some point about that. But I was I used to be, you know, 49, 51 on him returning. Now I'm probably 51, 49 on him leaving. I'm, I'm not reporting anything. Just based on what I'm hearing, I think that uh, it's, it's going in that direction where he might leave. And I've been told the San Diego State kicker they really like, and he would be the, the guy to come in and compete and have a strong chance to be the starting place kicker next year. And, and that kid, uh, Jarrett Reeser, is on uh, social media. I mean, his social media bio, his Twitter bio says, Boise State kicker. And he's yep. very, very active. Very, very active. So he's definitely part of the family. So looks like Boise State got every single person that they wanted. They're going to get this kicker. They're going to get an edge rusher uh, out of College of Canyons. And they're going to get the 16 kids that were hard commits and signed all across the board. So, uh, you know, I think it's a successful day for them so far in terms of what they have to do with the transfer portal quarterback. Uh, I, I think that they probably go off and get one, but he's not going to be a difference maker. I think he's going to be more of a camp arm or a roster guy with a little bit of potential. What did you see? And again, it's so unfair. It was one game. But, um, I mean, is there a competition there? Is Maddox Madsen clearly the starter next year? And did you see enough from Maddox Madsen that last year to – feel like he can get you to a college football playoff spot as a, as, you know, I mean, wh where are you with the, because uh, if you're not thinking they're going to get somebody in the portal, you've got to really like one of those two guys we've seen. Uh, you're right. And that's where I'm conflicted. No. I mean, do I feel completely uncomfortable with Maddox Madsen? No. Do I feel completely comfortable with, with CJ Tiller based on what we saw? No, I, I don't. But you know what? If you're going to go off and get an impact quarterback, you know, I mean, there's guys out there. There's guys out there who are willing to make, you know, go from Toledo and Tulsa and and come here and play for a, a high G5 brand and try to be a quarterback and make a name for yourself. But uh, those kinds of guys are going to cost money. And if you're going to throw around 100000 bucks for a quarterback and not guarantee him any kind of a start, 
when you know you've got your incumbent starting quarterback coming back August 1st and C.J. Tiller, your, run, your young freshman. Caleb Annette, well, we've been told he plays basketball. I don't think he's coming here in January. That takes out the C.J. Tiller effect. C.J. Tiller came in early last year and then ended up finishing the season. So they're literally down to two quarterbacks. So camp-wise, yeah, they need another arm. I just don't think they're going to go off and get the guy that's going to come in and create buzz, and all of a sudden you're going to say, oh, that guy's my starting quarterback. I don't see that happening. Uh, yeah, and it you know it's it's the name of the game now, Mike. But when you when you know when you recruit a guy and he becomes your starter, like a Taylor Green, and you are penciling out your depth chart for the next three four years, like you're planning on Taylor Green to be your starting quarterback next year, and then when that changes, it really does throw a a wrench into kind of your plans and the transfer portal and the recruiting. And, you know, they used to, you know, gone are the days, Mike, where you would have five scholarship quarterbacks and you'd have one from every class. Like you'd have a yeah. senior, a junior, a sophomore, a freshman and a redshirt freshman. Like that's how you liked to used to have your quarterback, you know, room. And now, I mean, it's pretty standard in spring ball. You got two guys out there or two or three guys. And so, um, I, you know, not, you know, I, I think they should have saw this coming with Taylor Green a little earlier in the process. Obviously, I don't think they did, or they would have been more prepared than having C.J. Tiller or Colt Fulton starting the bowl game with, with no reps going into this. But I think anybody that was paying attention with how they were using Taylor Green midway through the season probably expected him to be gone after the season. So maybe it was the coaching change. I mean, I get it. We're going to talk about the uh, assistant coaches staff and their salaries and things here in a minute because – Spencer Danielson, you know, I asked him after the game in the post-game press conference, do you need to go get a transfer portal quarterback? And um, he his first thing he said is he's worried right now about keeping these players that are already here and keeping the staff that is already here, and then they'll try to add to the roster where they can. But it does seem like Spencer's first priority right now has been recruiting the guys already on the team and recruiting the coaches already on the team. And, you know, some, you know, the negative Nancy's out there. The fans are saying, well, that, you know, you're keeping the players and the coaches from an eight and six football team. Um, what's going to change next year? Are you, uh, you know, and, and, and are you really just saying that one person was the problem for all this and he's gone and it's going to magically turn around? We'll see. I mean, that that's kind of what from the outside it looks like when you're bringing back the same coaches. Uh, and then, you know, to this point, haven't added any impact players in the transfer portal. Um, but I just, I don't know. I, I just, I think they do need to add some spots, but it really seems like the focus for this at this point, Mike, has been with Spencer Danielson. And again, he's got a lot on his plate. He's uh, drinking from a fire hose. We get it. When you take over as head coach, there's so much to do in the bowl game and then signing days a week later. But it seems like it's been retain the current staff, retain the current players, a la Ashton Genty, and that's been the primary goal here to this point, not transfer portal and high school recruiting. You can't do an interview at Boise State over the last month without somebody using the word roster retention. So you're right. It's 100% right. That's exactly what the focus has been. I mean, obviously, getting prepared and getting ready to win that bowl game last week was a high priority. And then the roster retention. And now we're kind of seeing the fruits of all that. You know, we're not seeing a, a mass exit of, of football players. It seems like most players are sticking around, although we all expect a couple of these players to announce that they're going to leave. Who, what, when, where, why, and how, I, I'm not so sure. The coaching staff, we've we've seen the, the parade. I mean, last night was a complete parade of coaching staff all the way up until we were getting emails and term sheets and contracts all the way up until 8, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock last night. I think they were trying to send that message to recruits. If anybody, if any of these recruits were, then you know, that final sleep, and I want to, I want to make sure my position code is, is signed, sealed, and delivered. And, and so there was certainly some, st some strategy to that kind of roster retention. Roster retention also includes the coaches. And what you just said is exactly the column that I wrote last night that I ripped up in terms of 
Same coaching staff for the most part. Same roster for the most part. Six losses, that's not going away. What has Boise State done so far? And now we have the entire offseason. What, what are they going to do this offseason to change that? Six wins, I don't care if it comes with the Mountain West Championship. Six win, or six losses is not the standard around here, and it can never be the standard around here. So that's the crux of where this football program is at. It's a fascinating time in Boise State football right now. If you wrote the column, but, but I never actually saw it, do I still have to pay you for it? No, no, no. <laughs> but I will charge you for that somehow, some way. <laughs> All right, hey, let's take a quick 90-second timeout. I got to update the recruiting blog here with the last two signings, if I'll see if I can do it in 90 seconds or not on the fly. But, uh, Mike, I want to continue this discussion, but I also want to talk about the coaching staff, yep. who's been who's been announced, and maybe more interestingly, who has not been announced yet, and uh, you know what is happening with some of these open spots. Boise State, again, has signed 17 players in the class. I'm going to see if I can get that blog updated. Plenty still to come. Don't go anywhere back in 90 seconds here on Bronco Nation News. All Bronco Nation News broadcasts come from the Cutwater Spirits Canned Cocktail Studios. Check out one of their more than 30 flavors of premix premium cocktails at your local gas station or grocery store. Cutwater Spirits, perfect for your next game day tailgate party. Our title sponsor is RowPaint.com. For all your commercial, industrial, residential painting needs, check out RowPaint.com. Don't forget about their concrete coatings. Transform that ugly concrete slab on your back patio in your garage in just one day. Contact RowPaint.com for a free estimate today. The official paint and coatings company of Boise State Athletics and our title sponsor at Bronco Nation News is RowPaint.com. Idaho Central Credit Union has been helping members achieve financial success for more than 80 years. There's an ICCU branch on almost every corner, but the closest is in your pocket with free e-branch mobile and online banking. See why more than 500,000 members love ICCU and join one in four Idahoans by making the switch today at ICCU.com. Since 1984, Ridley's Family Markets has prided itself on being a hometown food and drug store that employed value members of the local community. Ridley's Family Markets has 13 locations in the state of Idaho and many more in the surrounding states. Download the new Ridley's app to your smartphone, get savings up to 40% off at the checkout line, and find a location near you at shopridleys.com. Former Bronco Matt Bauscher is once again the number one ranked realtor in the Treasure Valley. No home is too big or too small for Matt and his team. Let them fulfill all your real estate needs at BauscherRealEstate.com. All right, Mike got the uh, 17 players in, as we said. The quarterback, Caleb Annette, as you said, the last one to uh, sign. Newport Beach, California, 6'3", 180. Uh, not sure if I'm supposed to say this or not, but saw him on his visit uh, at the practice for the bowl game there. They let the media watch uh, one of the practices and may or may not have uh, seen him there hanging out with Maddox Madsen on his visit. Um, thoughts on him is he guys going to come in as a freshman right away and try to compete for this job or uh what do you make of uh, the quarterback here no no he's going to show up in the summertime he's playing basketball right now and he's not going to be an early enrollee and and i think he's a little bit of a project to begin with you know i mean you look at his tape and, and you look at his background i mean he's good i mean I, I can't wait to see him we've talked to him here on idaho sports talk and he's a fun interview and and, and but you know i know he's he's not going to be the, the guy he's going to be the guy that's going to sit around for a year or two and develop and become that guy. So he'll show up in June and, and jump into the program. Then I'm sure he'll try to learn the playbook, but I think right now he's trying to win a, a, a few basketball games for his high school team. So he's going to go with that route. And, and this is going to be a CJ Taylor show this spring. Although I think Maddox Madsen will be able to throw in the spring. He, he didn't get the, he didn't get the uh, ACL. So it's not the ugly, ugly knee injury. We think it's the PCL and the MCL and maybe some other issues with that knee, but I think he can throw in the spring. 
but uh, you know he won't be able to play football until until August. But you're going to have two camp arms in the spring, but that's not enough. And that goes back to the original question. But yeah, Caleb and that's not going to come in and save the day for Boise State's quarterback needs right now. And I do agree with you that uh, you know there will be some guys that probably we don't know about decide to to head out, and that goes both ways. Some guys on their own want to leave, and some guys, you know, coaches can talk to guys and say, "Hey, we just don't see a role for you here. You might be better off going somewhere else where you can get more playing time somewhere else." And um, you know, we'll see what the roster turnover is. Uh, again, the transfer portal window to, to, to commit and sign is a little different. I guess if you want to get them here in terms for the spring semester, I think it's January, early January, like second week of January. Is that right? When they start school. So you've got a couple weeks here, but not a ton of time to try to get some transfers and the transfer portal guys to come in. Um, but uh, you would think there'd be a couple, but again, we don't exactly know. And maybe that's something we get today from Spencer Danielson is how many guys, how many spots they actually even have at this point, because they've now added 17. I don't even know if they had 17 seniors that were honored on senior night. Uh, I don't remember the exact number, but um, it was right about that maybe, but you have these guys, some guys are coming back. Um, some guys aren't. I mean, it's just hard to figure all this stuff out. They got rid of the rule with like the 25 guys or whatever. Now it's just, hey, you can sign as many as you need to get to 85. Um, you know, that's how you had the, the Deion Sanders of the world signing 60 guys or whatever, and I'll do it again. But you, um, we, we, I guess that's part of the problem here. We, we can't say, oh, they've still got three guys to add because we don't know exactly how many spots they have. Yeah, and that's the next part of the equation. And this is also new to college football is, is the super seniors. And they got to do this this year. And I think they're going to have to do that again next year. I mean, there's eight or nine guys on this team that, and they've been, they've signed about, uh, well, not signed, they've retained about, you know, what, six, seven, eight super seniors each of the last couple of years. So I fully expect that to come. We already know that, that uh, Tubner's coming back or wants to come back. Callahan wants to come back. Reed wants to come back. Those are the three that have said that they want to come back. And we're kind of waiting for Dooley and Whiting and, and Dalmas and Card and Newton. And I think that that's the group. Uh, Halani's said no. So we know that he's gone. So, you know, keeping the, the super seniors and keeping those guys intact. And there's some very valuable football players there that I would absolutely love on my football team. So that's the next one. The transfer portal, you can dive, put your name in the transfer portal, I think, until January 2nd or 4th. Once your name's in the transfer portal, any school can sign you anytime. There really isn't a calendar window out of that. And I think the transfer portal window opens again after spring ball. So, yep. you know, there's going to be some options there for Boise State. Even when this window closes, they're going to be able to recruit consistently for the next six to eight weeks. And I'm imagine, I would imagine that's exactly what Spencer Danielson and his staff are going to do. All right, we'll talk to Spencer Danielson again. 11 a.m. will be his press conference. I imagine there'll be some some transfer, you know, some high school recruiting talk, transfer portal talk, coaching staff talk, a lot of stuff to get to. It's kind of nice we get Spencer, you know, less than a week after the bowl game here to kind of wrap up the season and and look ahead here. Um, you know, I, I want to talk about the coaching staff and uh, the you know what we talked about earlier, Mike. And you've got a lot of guys coming back. I will say this. I know some fans may not may not love to hear this, but my understanding is and uh, the expectation is that both Nate Potter and Demario Warren also both will be back in 2024. Uh, I know Demario Warren has been the, the source of a lot of criticism with the this corner position, the special teams, and also being the third highest paid co uh, assistant coach on staff, the highest paid non-coordinator last year at $260,000. Um, my understanding is whether it's later today or tomorrow or Friday, by the end of the week, um, we'll get some more coaching announcements. And the expectation is Demario Warren will be back. Nate Potter will be back. And then they'll have two outside hires for linebackers coach and for safeties coach. Um, keep an eye, by the way, you want to, you want to name Mike Prater? 
We I like, do. Like, I do. We like we like uh, breaking What's news up? on this show, or at least uh, you know making people. We, we we said on this for this very show to keep an eye on TCU for our good friend over there at uh, uh, Eric McAllister. And a, a month later, he ended up at TCU. Yes, uh, let's go ahead and keep a a name, Tyler Stockton. Tyler Stockton. He's the defensive coordinator at Ball State. Tyler Stockton, defensive coordinator at Ball State, has been coaching the inside linebackers there as well for a number of years, was a former player at Notre Dame. Uh, Tyler Stockton would not shock me if he's your linebackers coach or on the uh, on the staff in some capacity. He was a name I was just given to keep an eye on for the Boise State staff, Tyler Stockton, and that's why you watch Bronco Nation News Live, as John Mallory would say, uh, here on signing day. But uh, So Warren is probably coming back. Potter's probably coming back. We heard all the other announcements um, now, again, everyone wants to mostly focus on the defense as the area that really struggled this year, and you are going to have at least two of the four defensive coaches uh, being new. You're going to have a new safeties coach, and you're going to have a new linebackers coach. So right there, there's turnover on the defensive staff for an area that needed to get better. Um, you're bringing back your entire offensive staff, which, again, I think a lot of people would say the offense, for as much talk as people wanted to talk about the quarterbacks and that whole situation, the offense, by and large, really wasn't the big problem on this team last year. Um, so you could you say they're they're adding two defensive coaches. They're they're doing they're they're trying to fix the defense. They're making some things there, but every coach that didn't leave for a better opportunity, a la Kane Ione. Uh, it looks like it's going to be back. And again, I've seen some criticism. You've talked about maybe writing a column about that. What, what is your take on, because, um, you know, in my opinion, Mike, in the way fan, a lot of fans are saying it, like you bring back the entire staff from a team that went eight and six, you are putting 100% of the blame on Andy Avalos. And you are saying the rest of the staff wasn't the problem. Andy Avalos was the problem. And he's the only one that's gone. That's what it looks like, at least from the outside, when you bring the entire staff back from, from the same group. Uh, what's your take on that? Yeah, and that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I'm not going to sit here. I mean, I'm not a big fan of Demario Warren. I've said that several times, either on this show or, or in my column. But you know what? I mean, roster retention and retaining your coaching staff in this day and age is is probably a good thing. You know, that's a blanket statement. It's probably a good thing. I, I don't see any angst on this staff of, of guys that I say you have to get rid of him. You have to get rid of him. You have to get rid of him. I, I think that they fixed. By, by replacing Andy Avalos, they fixed the locker room issue. I mean, there was a great divide in that locker room, and that's been fixed. So that alone is going to help. We saw some of the some of the intangibles of that late in the season when they got this bump and a couple of nice wins, and then reality caught up to them in the in the bowl game. So to me, it's so much not about the coaches. I mean, they'll be on the hot seat. There'll be lots of questions. I'll be watching Demario Warren. Uh, you know, I don't ever remember sitting around and worrying about Nate Potter. I mean, he's kind of a, a tight ends coach, run game coordinator. I think outside of Jabril Frazier, probably one of the least paid guys on this staff. So, you know, I'm not too worried about Nate Potter, but uh, we'll keep an eye on Demario Warren. You, I mean, your text message yesterday or your your social, your social tweet yesterday about all that experience coming back, you've got to be able to figure out a way to channel that. So maybe keeping the, re uh, the roster, keeping the coaches, everybody on the back half of that defense, maybe they can learn to get better. Uh, there is some hope there. We see some players that are pretty darn good. So uh, I, I'm okay with keeping the rosters. We'll see what they can add when, in terms of these two coaches. They're not going to be difference makers. My biggest issue with this coaching staff, and again, it's part of that column that I wrote last night that's really bugging me about this offseason. Just the lack of, I don't want to say the lack of respect, but I guess I just did. The lack of respect giving to coaches on this staff right now drives me crazy, and I'm talking about money. I mean, Spencer Danielson is going to be making almost $400,000 less than Andy Avalos, almost a half a million dollars less than Avalos. And even though the assistant pool 
is what two point five million dollars. I know that that's a minimum. That's not a cap. Yep. Uh, they're going to be saving this year's the 2024 staff. If you put the head coach and the ten assistants together, is going to be paid about six to seven hundred thousand, based on Prater math, less than last year. And Spencer Danielson is going to be the tenth highest paid coach in the Mountain West. Only Nevada and Hawaii are going to be smaller. Are you kidding me? Is that what Boise State football has become? The tenth highest paid coaching staff in the Mountain West. And, a, and, a, and a, an assistant pool that's going to save you six hundred to seven hundred thousand dollars based on last year. You're going to pay them a lot less. I, I don't like that. I think that's a bad standard, and, and that's a lack of respect to this office. It's it's all about the office. And uh, when those databases come out, those USA Coaching databases come out, and Boise State coaches, the head coach and the assistant coach are going to be at the very bottom of the Mountain West list. That's a yeah. bad look, BJ. Yeah, and they, I mean, they are giving raises to pretty much everybody that, that's come back, and the coordinator spots both got significant raises. The, the offensive coordinator went from uh, 400 to 460, the or 440, I guess it is. The defensive coordinator went from 425 to 460 and then 480. Uh, so, I mean, I guess that's uh, that's offensive coordinator, 460 and then yeah. 480 for Chenander. Um, the coordinator spots are going up. They are giving raises uh, to some of these guys as it is. I mean, I, I do agree with you, and I guess the – uh, I guess the point would be if you had more money, could you attract better outside talent uh, to come into the coaching staff? Um, but yeah, I say write that column at some point in the off season. There's nothing wrong with that one. I think that's a, I think that's a perfectly good uh, you know March or April spring football column because um, yeah. I do think a lot of people are are, are wondering about uh, this staff and and uh, I I don't mean I don't you know Spencer Daniel Spencer Danielson still almost tripled his salary. I think if you have a chance to save a little money there, you do. I don't know if you have to pay Spencer Danielson just because what Andy Avalos did. I mean, he had a little more uh, power five coordinator experience coming in. You could make a little bit of a case that Andy Avalos should have deserved uh, more money than, than Spencer Danielson. But with the assistant coaches, I agree with you. I think there's a fair, fair. I mean, I was looking at Eric Chenander's uh, speaking of USA Today coaching searches, Mike, and I was looking at Eric Chenander's like history there at, when he was at, at Nebraska for five years. Do you know how much he made at Nebraska? I don't. Eight, 800 grand a year at Nebraska for, for for five years as the defensive coordinator at Nebraska. He made 800 grand five years in a row. He made $4 million over five years as the DC at Nebraska. And then he came down to two something last year because Nebraska was still paying him, I think. So yeah. he's back, he's getting $440,000. That's still like literally almost half what he was making as a coordinator at Nebraska in, in the Big Ten. So, um, I mean, Boise State can only do so much, but I mean, you look at, uh, you know, I guess a, a fair, a fair uh, thing would be like uh, uh, Tim Plow. He made three hundred and sixty thousand as the offensive coordinator at Boise State. He made three hundred and sixty thousand last year as the tight ends coach at Cal. Wow. Um, I mean, the exact, like, literally the exact same amount of money. Um, and so, you're right on the coaching contracts. Um, I will say this, James Montgomery. I mean, the one the, the offensive side of the ball, like Tim Keene, I didn't know if there was any opportunity that he might leave, but uh, that was a big one to keep Tim Keene, and what a difference a year makes. You go back and search Tim Keene's mentions on social media last year, people are wanting him gone. Got to do things. I mean, that's just O-line for you. But I think Tim Keene probably has as much equity in this fan base right now as any coach on staff with how the O-line played the last year and uh, the excitement over a lot of these guys that played a lot coming back. Mike Prater, I got no problem with him. I'm, 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 I think that's a smart move to bring him back. Matt Miller, what do you make of Matt Miller? He was getting a little bit of shrapnel. I mean, when, when McAllister leaves midway through the season and Latrell Caples gets hurt, 
Steph Cobbs got hurt during the season. I mean, at one point they're late in the season, their top three receivers on the depth chart, their three starters were all out for the season or transferred, you know, for the last three or four games. So uh, I think Matt Miller gets a little bit criticized at times for the wide receivers because a lot of it was beyond his control. And you had Prince Strawn step up as a freshman. Austin Bolt showed some development. Uh, I mean, any, any issues with what Matt Miller's done? Well, I was gonna I was gonna start with that conversation with the with the D word development and Austin Bolt ha- has developed into a nice wide receiver, but how much of that is based on over the last three or four years because he's been able to develop while he's been injured and all of a sudden he's healthy and he's playing pretty well. I think the I mean I'm not gonna sit here and criticize Matt Miller, great Bronco. I think he's a good coach. There was a point there where people were talking about making him the offensive coordinator. I think that would have been over his head and a mistake right now, but maybe he molds himself into that. But you have to look at the wide receiver room. Take out the intangibles. You're right. Capel's quit or Capel's got hurt and didn't play and, and Bolt was hurt and there's other issues. But when was the last time you looked at the wide receiver room over the last couple of years and said there's some serious, serious development going on here? I mean, Khalil Shakir got into the NFL, but that was kind of toward the back end of of Matt Miller being here. So uh, I'm not sure he get how much credit he gets for that. The, the wide receiver room is definitely a point of curiosity for me. Matt Miller is in a the, the wide receiver room is an approve it year. There's no doubt about that. Approve it offseason and approve it 2024. But I think you could say that for a couple of these coaches and a couple of these position groups and a couple of these rooms. So we'll keep an eye on the wide receiver room. But I'm very curious as to how that continues to develop. And I'm very curious as to how Matt Miller can, can make an impact on that group. Not to put you on the spot here, Mike, but I do have one more 90-second commercial break i got to play. Do you got a couple more minutes or you got to roll? Oh, let's do it. All right, we'll, uh, we'll we'll wrap up after this. We'll take one more quick time out here on Bronco Nation. News. Bronco Nation News is sponsored by Tommy Alquist and Ball Ventures Alquist, Idaho's premier commercial real estate development company. BVA projects specialize in office, retail, flex, medical, and industrial spaces located at some of the most strategic and visible locations in the Valley. Need a developer? Looking for new space? Think BVA. At BVA, we are Idaho's developer. The Nicolaisen family and SON management have proudly been operating Taco Bell restaurants in and around the Treasure Valley since 1969. One of the first to make a seven-figure donation to the Lyle Smith Society. They've also stepped up their support of Boise State Athletics with the Taco Bell men's and women's basketball endowed scholarships. The Nicolaisen family and SON management have committed at least $310,000 by 2026. Get more information on their financial support at Boise State Athletics and find information on applying to work at Taco Bell at TacoBellWorks.com. Lithia Ford of Boise is a proud supporter of Boise State Athletics and the official car and truck of the Broncos. Lithia Ford of Boise supports Bronco student-athletes through NIL deals, including providing Ford vehicles to Taylor Green and Riley Smith from the football team and Paige Barsh from the volleyball team. Rain's family purchased RF-150 from Lithia Ford. Couldn't be happier with the purchase. Check out the all-electric F-150 Lightning or the electric Mustang Mach-E at Lithia Ford and make sure to check out their full inventory of vehicles at LithiaFordBoise.com. The Blue and Orange Store is the perfect spot to get all your gear for your next Bronco game. The Blue and Orange Store has official Nike apparel, including jerseys, shirts, sweatshirts, jackets, hats, and more. Wear what the Broncos wear and get it at the Blue and Orange Store, the second floor of the Boise Town Square Mall, or get free shipping on a $40 order online at theblueandorangestore.com. All right, Mike Prater, uh, they got the 17 guys in. We'll see today at 11 o'clock if, if anybody else is on there. Uh, we're going through this coaching staff real quickly. Uh, James Montgomery, I kind of skipped over him. No no issues with him coming back? Yeah, no, you got you to keep him. Uh, I mean, I mean, James Montgomery and Ashton Genty are a combination of pair, and, and they've proved to be along, and they seem like they get along, and, and there's a really dynamic that there that's really, really cool. Love that. Can't wait to see what both those guys do. Where were you at on the Chenander promotion to D.C.? 
I like it. I really do. I, I mean, you know, I, maybe it's because of his resume and his pedigree. I'm really excited to see what he can do, and that's going to be one of my my wild cards going into this offseason and what happens with 2024. If you want hope, if you're looking for hope that this defense can get better with the players that they have without roster impact, without major changes to the roster, the back half of that defense, the defensive line, a couple of holes here, and a, and a, and a linebacker group that I think is pretty good coming back, I think there's a chance that Eric Chenander can be a difference maker here. So I have high hopes for him. I like the way he conducts his business. I think he's a no-nonsense guy. I think he's a he's a he's a grinder. He's kind of like Nebraska football kind of guy. He's from Iowa, small town Iowa. His dad was a longtime football coach, uh, family man. I, I, he checks a lot of boxes for me personally, and I think he can be a difference maker on this defense. I can't wait to see what he does. Well, I will say, uh, and you know, like I said, for folks saying, "Hey, they're just running it back with the same staff." The big, I mean, I think you would agree the issues were were largely on defense this year. It's where the the main issue would be first. I mean, the offense wasn't perfect, but the main issue was mostly defense. And they're going to have two of their four, you know, two of their five defensive coaches be new. Jabril Frazier, he's the lowest coach on staff. You know, I know you mentioned kind of like Nate Potter. You coach, you know, six seven guys. You got a smaller group. I mean, the edge position uh, works with you know Chinander on the defensive line, but Jabril Frazier. Uh, I don't know if it was him or what, but obviously Ahmed Hassanine had a heck of a year. Uh, and, you know, so, I mean, I got no issues with Jabril Frazier coming back either. Yeah, I do. I, I same, same, exact same. I mean, he's a young kid who's still trying to figure out how much he wants to coach, uh, the progress that he's made, the advancement that he's made as, as a human being, what he means to those players, the connection that he means to those players. I, I love Jabril Frazier, and I can't wait to see if, if his career continues to blossom and blow up, I don't. I don't think we're going to be sitting around twenty years from now saying Jabril Frazier is the hottest head coach in, in all of college football. But I think he's got a role in this game, and I love the fact that he's with Boise State. It is kind of interesting that Potter, Jabril Frazier, and Miller; those are the three. Uh, well, except for Hamden, but the three position coaches that uh, are probably the lowest. I think they're the lowest paid on this staff. They're all three former Boise State football players. So, uh, you know, hometown discount, BJ. Maybe so. Maybe so. I mean, I mean, certainly from the uh, from Jabril Frazier. I mean, it's his first time ever being a coach. Didn't have a ton of uh, uh, bargaining power, I guess, on on his uh, standpoint. Um, let's see. We did get the the uh, in terms of the early enrollees, Mike Prater. We just got this from Boise State. Caden Anderson, Travis Anderson, Roman Kwood. Uh, is it Sire or Siri Gaines? I, I I was told it was Sire, but I don't know that okay. for sure. Sire Gaines, Joseph Marsh, Clay Martineau, Trevor McKenna, Lopez Sensui or Sanusi, uh, and Trayvon Tolmer, all expected to be early enrollees uh, at Boise State. Uh, final nice. fo final football question: Any, What is there one burning thing you want to hear from Spencer Danielson today? The quarterback, the transfer portal quarterback. I, I mean, I think that's the number one question on everybody's mind right now. I, I, these guys that they signed up, they've done a nice job retaining this this uh, this staff. Or retaining this roster class, this this signing class. Obviously, Gatlin Bear got away, but you know, I mean, the Gatlin Bear story is not going it, to. It's been developing and brewing for a year. It's going to continue to develop and brew for another year. He doesn't. He's going to sign in February, and he may even have different issues a year from now or two years from now. So, Gatlin Bear, just get rid of that memory right now. And I think Boise State, through all this chaos and commotion, did a nice job retaining its signing day class. So, quarterbacks, how they were able to retain all these guys. Maybe find out some stories. I'm very curious about the story about Hayden Hanks. I think Hayden Hanks, he's the defensive lineman out of Montana, was the first player to sign or to commit to Boise State. Uh, he's coming on Idaho Sports Talk later today. Montana kid, and I'm really excited to hear more about this guy. 
I want to hear about uh, Lopez Sanusi. He posted a photo when he signed, and sure enough, there with him at his signing ceremony was uh, Chase Baker, former Boise State player, uh, dabbled in the NFL. He's coaching over at that NFL Academy and doing some things over there in England. And I want to hear about uh, Lopez uh, Sanusi and uh, being born in Dublin, Ireland, and uh, also lived in Nigeria growing up some. This is the second straight year they've added somebody from across the Atlantic Ocean uh, you know, with Max uh, Stege last year. So uh, looking forward to that. Uh, final thing, Mike, and again, I know you guys will have signing day covered, what, three to six today. You'll have live recruits on, uh, our signing signees, I guess now. They're no longer recruits. Um, but you guys will be wall-to-wall with Spencer Danielson and all yep. the uh, signings today on a signing day special, three to six, Idaho Sports Talk, 90, uh, 93.5. FM 1350 AM. I almost said the old call numbers there, uh, Mike Prater. It's been a little while since I've done that, but uh, I don't know if I can do a show tomorrow morning because I will be flying to Spokane for the basketball game tomorrow night. So I wanted to get one quick thought from you on basketball uh, as a preview for tomorrow's game in case I am not able to do a show. We will have the Lithia Florida Boise pregame show live uh, tomorrow night from Spokane Arena, but uh, Boise State, five wins in a row. Uh, their uh, you know, last kind of real tough test in non-conference play here. They're projected uh, basically a 50-50 game. I think Ken Palm has them losing by two, so this is uh, a winnable game, but by no means an easy game for them tomorrow night. Washington State's only got two losses this year. They're playing pretty well. Uh, what do you make of uh, the five-game winning streak, what we've seen the last couple of weeks out of the team here and, and uh, tomorrow's game? Yeah, it's about time they get some good competition. And I think, you know, after that East Coast trip where they went to Clemson and then they went to that tournament and got beat up pretty good, and I think beat up in a good way. I, I mean, you know, we always talked about getting this team ready for March and what they what they went through uh, last month is certainly going to get them ready for March. Probably a couple more losses than, than they wanted. Then they come home and play some patsies. They've won three straight games at home and they've beaten nobodies by 20, 30, 40 points. So, you know, they've kind of gotten right. They've kind of gotten healthy. They got their mojo back and now they can go play a tough, hard, physical game in a neutral court up in Spokane with uh, with Washington State. So I think this is a good opportunity for them to see where they've progressed over the last month. I'm not so much worried about the losses if they, if they do lose. Although at one point, you know, because you know they're going to lose some games in the Mountain West. Mountain yeah. West is really, really deep this year. You're going to have to be concerned about the losses. But right now, just go up there and see how you got better over the last month after you survived that early season onslaught. I think it's a good test for these guys. I think they'll compete, and I think they'll uh, – I, I couldn't sit here and predict a victory, but it's good timing, and, and it's about time they got some good competition. Yeah, and you got, ironically enough, Max Rice, Tyson Degenhardt, both have 980 career points, and both are uh, playing in their hometown in Spokane, Washington. So I don't know if there's – I mean, I'm sure it's happened before, but two guys reaching a thousand points in the same game is rare enough. And if they were to do it in their hometown, uh, that'd be pretty cool as well. And if both those guys can get 20 each and get to a thousand, I feel pretty good Boise State winning that game. Uh, but you mentioned, I mean, they came back from that trip and beat uh, St. Mary's is included in this five game winning streak. And St. Mary's hasn't lost since they played Boise State. They went to Fort Collins and beat Colorado State. St. Yep. Mary's is uh, that's going to turn out to be a really nice win for Boise State when it's all said and done, beating St. Mary's over there in Idaho Falls. But totally agree with you. Chance to see where they're at at this point after the last couple of games to to get some things figured out. Max Rice has found his shot. He's made 15 threes in the last three games, uh, but it does take a little bit of a, a level up here in competition. And uh, you win this game tomorrow, Mike Prater, and then you got Utah Valley to finish out non-conference play. All of a sudden, you're you have that's a ten and three non-conference with one of the hardest non-conference schedules in America. So I think you would take ten and three at this point with this schedule going into conference play. And they've got uh, they're starting at San Jose, Mike, and then the first home game of conference play on Tuesday, January 9th, 
Colorado State, who might be ranked in the top 10 by then, comes to town. And it's uh, right off the bat could be one of those uh, fun nights with a sellout crowd at Extra Mile Arena in a couple weeks. So hopefully they win tomorrow and, and can keep rolling and they'd be on an eight-game winning streak at that point. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to getting up to Spokane tomorrow. And uh, we'll have full coverage on BroncoNationNews.com and also, obviously, with the pregame show and postgame shows uh, on our uh, social media channels. So, Mike, we'll see you here shortly down at uh, Boise State. I'm going to attempt to stream the press conference if I can get down there fast enough and get it set up. Otherwise, we'll get the video posted. And, again, I know you guys will be all over it today. Three to six, Idaho Sports Talk with Johnny, Bob, JP, Prater, the whole crew there with uh, talking to signees, hearing from Spencer Daniels. And I don't know if we're getting any assistant coaches today or not, but uh, they'll have you covered at 3 o'clock. So appreciate you, Mike. Appreciate JP for helping us get on as well. And uh, again, Mike's going to have a column coming at some point. We'll see how many more he rips up before he gets one he likes. But uh, <laughs> we'll have a, a season wrap-up kind of column at some point here from Mike Prater. And and I uh, hope you guys will go subscribe. BNN 50 deals, that promo code. Get 50 bucks for a full year. And you can read Mike's stuff, read my stuff. And uh, we'll have you covered there. So appreciate everybody for checking us out. Plenty of signing day coverage still to come. The blog has been updated at bronconationnews.com with bios and videos of all 17 signe signees. So go check that out. And uh, Spencer Danielson coming up in an hour and 15 minutes, and we'll have you covered. KTIK, Bronco Nation News, bronconationnews.com.